from San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about how fear can cripple your marriage and what you can do to recapture your joy and confidence. And there's an anonymous quote that says, when we invite fear, doubt, or worry to occupy seats in the boardroom of our heart, all kinds of things can wreck the joy of our marriages. And that is very much the truth. That is such, a, there. That is such a heavy thought. And yet it's one that we know because it's had hold at different times in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we're doing today's show, right? Because it can seem really heavy when you're in this place of fear. And we're going to talk about recapturing that joy and confidence. But we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And for those of you that are brand new to the One Extraordinary Marriage show, we are so excited to have you tuning in and listening. Welcome to the One Family. And, you know, this week's hug is sponsored by One Extraordinary Marriages Coaching, and we'll be sharing more about how this resource has helped so many, Mm -hmm. so many couples around the world achieve their own extraordinary marriage a little bit later in the show. But this hug comes from an email that we recently received, and it comes from a husband who says, I've been listening to the podcast now for about seven months. Right on. Shortly after finding you, me and the wife of 21 years started listening together. Right on. I love it when couples are listening together. Although we have not completed a challenge yet, expectation, future thinking, that's so good. It has greatly improved our lives. It has allowed us to talk about stuff that in the 21 years of marriage we have not talked about before. Wow. I've also shared the podcast with friends, which in return has brought up some great conversations and supportive situations. Can't wait for every Tuesday for a new episode. Well, we're honored and blessed to have you part of the one family. And like Elisa said, the expectation is not yet. That's all right. It's coming. You guys got it. And we're here to cheer you on. And we can't wait to get your We Did It email. Absolutely. And, you know, this past week, we posted two questions on IG stories that deeply resonated with the one family. You know, sometimes when we put stuff up there on Instagram, we have no idea how you all are going to respond. But these two questions really struck a chord. Yeah. And for those of you who don't follow us on Instagram, you can find us at One Extraordinary Marriage there. Honestly, guys, that's where you're going to get the most connection with us mm-hmm. at this point. Um, we've, we've used social media for many, many years. And I will say uh, being there in the IG stories, being able to hear from you guys uh, fairly quickly is amazing. So jump on over there, connect with us there. If you have questions or anything, don't hesitate to DM us there as well. Absolutely. And the questions that we posed this week were, what's the biggest doubt you have about your marriage and or what's your biggest fear? Mm-hmm. And we had so many responses to this question. It actually, it kind of blew Tony's mind because he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I said, I bet you, I bet you the one family is going to respond to this. Mm-hmm. And you guys did. And what we realized in these responses is that fear is crippling marriages all around the world. And, and as we started to like go through the list and we're going to share some of them with you today, some of those fears that came up. But I will tell you that because of so much of what we saw, there are going to be multiple shows that are going to come out of asking these two questions. Because as we started to look at this, we realized that, that we need to 
let me back up. We've had fear cripple our own marriage. Oh, yeah. And oh, yes. And being able to work through that, being able to say, okay, you know what? How can, how did we work through this to recapture joy, to recapture confidence? And and what can we bring to the two, literally to the two of you, but literally thousands and thousands of you Mm -hmm. around the world? And and I just want to share a few of the responses that we received, because I think it's important that, and I think you'll actually see yourself in some of these responses or it'll trigger something that maybe you haven't thought about. But some and of the one thing, and one thing also, whenever we ask questions, uh, polls, anything, even hugs, as you guys uh, may know or may not know, everything's anonymous. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't want to say, Hey, this is so-and-so and this is, you know, go find them on Instagram or whatever, or here's their name and here's where they live. We do not do that and will not ever do that to mm-hmm. you guys. We, we believe that what you're sharing is very personal and we are going to protect that. So do know when you when you answer anything that we put up there, it's all anonymous mm-hmm. when it comes to the show or if we share it in other areas. Thank you. Thank you for reminding everybody of that because sometimes, sometimes as we're talking about fear, sometimes that's the biggest fear. That is. It, it is. It's like I want to share and yet I've told all my friends and family. So if I bring something up, I don't want them to all to know that this is happening in our marriage. Right. You know, Tony and Elisa may mention it and then, you know, everybody's going to know because they're going to say my name. Nope, not going to happen and, and will not happen. So here, here are some of the responses that we received. Did I marry the right person or did we just take what everyone else thought was the next logical step? Hmm. Am I doing all of this therapy, books, podcasts, and more for us to just end up as good friends who happen to be co-parenting? Yeah, that's no bad. Huh? We, we were in that place. Mm-hmm. Will he leave one day for no reason? Is sex with me really good like he says it is? Did I rush her to get married? Will she resent me because she didn't get to do the things she wanted to do first? Will we drift apart again? What will I do if my spouse dies young? And I was surprised with that last one Mm. because there were many responses to that. Mm -hmm. And I want to even share, I've had that same feeling. I really have. I remember times in in our marriage, younger, um, earlier on, I should say, where I would be honestly in tears, like in the shower, just thinking about, oh my gosh, what would happen if Elisa were to pass? And just in tears going, what would I do? Mm -hmm. So I, I know that feeling very well. Well, there was even a season in our marriage where I found it difficult to have sex when we were talking about having kids because Mm -hmm. that fear gripped me so strongly that it wasn't just leaving Tony if I died young, but what would happen if we actually had children and I died young and like who would raise my kids? And so I I couldn't get out of my head when we were having sex to actually be able to have sex with Tony because I had spun this tale of what was going to happen. And I actually come from a line of people that like live into their eighties and nineties on both sides. So it was completely unfounded, but this fear, this fear had gripped me And this, this list, honestly, you guys, this is just scratching the surface. We probably had, I don't know, somewhere in the vicinity of like 40 ish, 40, responses. 50 responses. And, you know, reading through these, I could see so many times where Tony and I had experienced these same fears and, 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 and this overwhelming feeling of fear, it it just, it grips us. And it's one of those words that, you know, on the surface, we all know what it feels like, but I don't know that we all know what it actually means. 
and for those of you that are brand new to the show, um, you'll, as you start to go back and listen to other episodes, one of the things that you'll learn about me specifically is that I like to define words so that we're all operating on the same playing field. I think it helps to just give us all a foundation Mm -hmm. instead of letting, you know, what, what you think it is or what I think it is, you know, be what's going on instead. Let's all operate from the same place. And so fear defined. It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So if we boil that down, because I know Tony's always like, yeah, give me the simplified version. <laughs> he's, in fact, he's looking at me. He's like, simplify, yes. simplify. So fear is a feeling, right? Our heart fear is a feeling caused by something that we think. So fear actually involves both our heart and our head and our head. And so you can't just attack these feelings of fear from either like, I just need to change what I'm feeling. If you don't also work on changing what you're thinking. Mindset. It's both. And so often, you know, when we're like, oh, I just got to, I got to do something with this fear. We only, we only approach it from one place or the other. I wish you guys could see me right now. Cause like I'm touching my heart and my head. It's kind of that like crazy, you know, like pat your head and, you know, rub your tummy all at the same time thing. But, but. And for me, just as a, just as a give context for me, when I feel fear, it's, it's really sort of in my gut. Mm-hmm. It's heavy mm. and I can, f- I can feel it. My mind though is going, it's racing. Um, and thinking of all the things that could possibly happen. Right. So I need to stop that for me personally. I need to stop the mind from racing to erase the emotional heaviness that's that I'm feeling. And, and we need to talk about the, the f- damage that fear causes. I mean, we, oh, can, gosh, we yeah. can get into the place of talking about what to do, but, but you've got to be aware of what's going on when you're in this place of fear. And the damage it does to you and your marriage. Mm-hmm. I, there, there's two things that are going on, right? Because you're not independent of your spouse in the sense that, you, you know, you, you said you're going to get married. You said your I do's. Your fear impacts your spouse. Just like when Elisa was saying she was holding on to this fear and it was really impacting our sexual intimacy. Big time. Big time. It really was. I mean, because I couldn't understand it, but that fear that she was gripped in really took her out of the union Mm -hmm. of one, us, together. And that's, that's one of the biggest things that fear does. Fear keeps you either focused on the past what has happened and you're replaying it over and over again, or focused on the future, you know, what might happen that you aren't actually in the present in your marriage and with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't know what's going to happen in the fu- future. So the, the crippling fear that you may be experiencing on something that may not ever happen mm-hmm. isn't doing you well. I remember just even recently, Elisa and I were talking about something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it started going down into this world of, well, if this happened and this happens, if, if this happens and that happens. I know exactly what it is. What it, was it? It was the football playoffs. Oh, okay. Well, that's not a fear thing. No, no, no. Something that was more fear-based. It wasn't the, the football. Oh, schedule. I thought it was because I wasn't going to be able to make both. If if the uh, state championship, championship game was the same night as Abby's last night at theater, and so for me that was a fear of not being able to be in two places. Okay. Well. Okay. For you, it was a fear. Okay. So there, there you yeah. go. It was a fear for you being in two places, and I didn't even realize that. But for me, I'm going why are we even going down this road? Like we haven't even played the first playoff game and, and I've already got us at the state championship, which means we'd have to be playing four games. The boys need to win out. 
Um, but there was one other one too, but that's where you start going, well, what if this and this, and it's like, stop, stop for a moment. Mm -hmm. And I, and I had to tell that, tell that to Elisa as well. Like, just stop. Let's, let's go through the process and we'll see where we end up. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to worry about what's going to happen six weeks down the road, we're really missing out on what we can be doing now. Mm. <laughs> that was so good. Actually, it wasn't just Tony that called me back. It was actually our son too. He's like, mom, seriously, I love it that we've got a teenage son that can call out his parents when he sees things. But it's not just that the fear doesn't just keep you in looking either past or future and out of the present. But when you're in a fear response, there's actually a physiological response that happens too. And so yes. your body is flooded with adrenaline. And we've talked about adrenaline and, and what it does to, you know, sexual intimacy and, and all of this over, over the last few years. But just as a reminder, too much adrenaline in your system can produce high blood pressure. It can produce heart disease. It can produce anxiety and weight loss. Like all of these things that, that your body, it, it's not functioning properly. Mm -hmm. Fear robs you of your body's ability to function in an optimum capacity. Yeah, it, it really does. And we all know it. Uh, recently, we went to go see some friends uh, at the hospital. And I really believe I was having a fear response because one of our, our friend, he's, uh, he's battling cancer. Well, as many of you know, my dad died from cancer last year. And I really feel like it's been well put away. But we hadn't gone into the hospital together to see them uh, as he's going through his rounds of chemo. And we decided to go see them. And I honestly was just having this gut-wrenching, just feeling, right? Like... And I was trying to figure out what was happening. And I realized that once I got there, everything began to subside because the fear, I think that I was, that I was internalizing of seeing him would remind me of my dad. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, oh my gosh. But once I was there, you know, it's talking to him and, and, and the God stories that are coming out. I mean, this guy's going to live. It's amazing. And yet it, it, it all subsided. Like I remember just leaving the hospital lighter. I, I brought all this fear in to that room. They didn't know it. Elisa knew it because I was just like, I'm not feeling 100% here. Um, and you know what? It robbed us of some amazing sexual intimacy because we were planning on having sex that night and it didn't happen. I mean, I fell asleep. I think my body was just a letdown from carrying that fear and that extra energy um, that our my body needed. To, to get through that. And, and that's what it does, right? Fear, it, it robs you of your ability to, to see what you can do. It robs you of, of the ability to, to know what you're capable of and creates these feelings of loss and lack of confidence. And, and the problem with fear is that it often creates isolation. Yes. Oh gosh. Right. You get into this mindset of, I can't tell anyone about this or what would people, what would people think if they knew about it? Gosh, this, this is just brings up so many stories of just me personally and, and Elisa as well, just in places of fear. And, and I look back now and I just go, wow, did we rob our lives mm. of so much, you know, this isolation piece. I just remember through the great recession, mm -hmm. very easy to isolate for me. And it just brings back a flood of memories just going like, son of a gun. I should have just been moving. Like, get up. Like, get out of my mind. Get help. Like, go out and seek help instead of being and trying to do it on my own. 
that's the biggest thing here because isolation, isolation is the killer. This idea that we have to deal with this on our own or, or that this is so embarrassing that, that no one else deals with this, this is just us. And, and we get in this place where, where we just are in these cycles, Mm-hmm. these fear cycles. And, and honestly, guys, if there's no interruption or a different strategy introduced, you're going to, you're going to get stuck, like just trying to power through on your own. And you're gonna be like, why are we literally banging our heads against the wall? Why can't we, why can't we break free of this? And, and that cycle, that fear cycle will rob you of the joy of your marriage. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, like we look back on 22 years of being married and honestly can see, like Tony said, during the great recession, you know, times with kids, times with finances, times with sexual intimacy. I mean, there are so many pinpoints, you know, if you were to look at a graph of our marriage, there are so many low points where if you looked at it, it was fear, mm-hmm. fear and isolation. We're going to, we're going to try and do this on your own. And, and, and we don't want you to stay stuck there right? Because fear, fear gets you stuck in what feels like quicksand. And you were not born, you were not created to be in the quicksand, to be drowning in your fear. And, and if you've got fear present in your marriage, if you're like wondering, okay, Tony Lisa, this is great. You've talked to me about fear. Like I can identify with those questions. And, and I, I, I understand that I'm in this pain place and, and yeah, I'm stuck. What do I do? how do I attack this from both the emotional side and the, the knowledge side? And we want to, we want to get into that. But first we want to thank this week's sponsor, which is one extraordinary marriages coaching. And you know, a lot of people. And when we say coaching, that's coaching with Elisa. I mean, if it's amazing what she's able to do when she's working with couples, Mm. I mean, truly amazing. He, He gets to hear all the God stories on the backside. Yep. Um, because, so many of you that have been listening to the show, so many of you have said, you know what, I, I know I need to take the next step, but I don't know if coaching is right for me. And, and I just want to, I just want to kind of give you a quick overview because part of the fear of, of taking that next step into coaching is I don't know what it's going to be like. And so often when we don't know what something's going to be like, we let that fear just hold on to us. And in all honesty, it's really simple. You decide that you want to do coaching and, and you get started right? It's simple. You click through on the website, you go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. And what's going to happen after that is that my assistant who loves on everybody the same way that Tony and I do, she's going to send you an email with a link to my calendar. And guess what? You get to pick the day and time that works for you, right? We set it up so that it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Literally, I deal with people all over the world. And she's also going to send you a questionnaire so that when you and I get started, you've already given me a lot of backstory. So we can literally jump in on session one and start talking through what's going on and what are the strategies. And that's the thing. We're all about strategy. Just like you get on the show, it's like your own personal podcast, right? Where you and I get to see each other via video conferencing. And I just want to share what a few people have had to say over the years about coaching. And one wife said, you're absolutely the best marriage coach that the Lord could have led us to. You were absolutely correct when we spoke about the forgiveness component that is keeping us from moving forward. Mm. Another person said, you will never know what your insights and your words have done to change the way that I see myself and my marriage. It doesn't matter what the challenge is in your marriage. You owe it to yourself to push past that fear and take the next step today. So go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching and learn more. Do it for yourself. Break through that fear. You know, and, and as we're talking about breaking through that fear, you know that it's both the heart and the head. That's right. We've been talking about it throughout this show. And so, you know, the problem is, is that both of those areas of your body are, are pretty 
oh, I'm going to use the word stubborn, <laughs> right? We, we may not want to, we may not want to admit that, that we've got these stubborn sides, but, but you know, so often, and this is what I hear from people and Tony's heard it too, is, you know, as we've had conversations with people over the years, so often people say, well, when my feelings change, then I'll start to do something different, mm. right? Like I want my heart to shift before I'm going to let my head get in the game. I need evidence. And the truth of the matter is, is that if you're going to break through this fear cycle, you're actually going to have to do things differently to get both heart and head. It's almost like you got to hijack yourself, right? You got to say, you know, there's, I can't remember the exact expression, but there's something that says, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? Like acknowledge it. Yeah. I'm feeling fearful, but I know that this is the next healthy step. It's got to be a healthy step because so often when we're in that place of fear, we're like, um, yeah, I'm going to withdraw. Mm-hmm. I, I know this is what I should do, but I'm not going to because I'm scared. And, and I, the quote that comes to me is from the Hunger Games. And I think it's in the third one movie anyways. Hope is the only thing stronger than fear. Wow. Right? Where we get to this place, because if, we, if, we, if you haven't watched Hunger Games... But it's, it's all about oppression. It's all about we're going to yeah. make these people live yeah. in fear. And yet, when they have hope, that is stronger than fear, which then allows them to push forward to do stuff that they wouldn't do otherwise and be willing to risk it to have the freedom that they desire. And I think about in our own lives, mm-hmm. hope is stronger than fear. Mm-hmm. Because when we when we believe in hope, and in both of those hope, you know, I should say faith and fear, because hope is also faith. Mm-hmm. Both of them we cannot see. Which one are you choosing to go down though? Because both are going to take you down a road. It's just depending upon which one you're going to go. Are you going to faithfully believe that there's something better so to happen in your life, or are you going to believe that there's something worse that's going to happen in your life? And those are and, and again, these are things that I work through a lot. I'm not saying I, I know it all, mm-hmm. but those are just things that I think about in my own life when I even battle it at times of like, ooh, what am I okay, no, I'm gonna believe in faith. I'm gonna I'm gonna faithfully believe that something better is gonna come down the pike. But I use a lot of my mind, my heart as well, to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So those that's what I just it, taught me. It comes down to which which one are you gonna feed? Are you gonna feed your faith or are you gonna feed your fear? Because every decision you make is feeding one, mm-hmm. right? And this week, you know, often we tell you guys to sit down and, you know, have a conversation with your spouse. This week is going to be a little bit different because this week it's about you, mm-hmm. right? This week, the action revolves around what you're going to do. And I, I'm actually going to encourage you to sit down and, you know, be in this place with a sheet, a sheet of paper and a pen, right? So that you can get real with yourself. And just as things come to mind, as you hear these questions, and some of you may just replay the last, you know, five to eight, 10 minutes of the show, just to hear the questions over and over again, because it, it's time to get real with the fears that are crippling your marriage, right? It's time to acknowledge them and say, what am I fearful of? Right? Was it something on that list? Was it something else that, that Elisa and Tony didn't mention? And, and like, let's identify it. And here's the reason why. You have to begin to press in on this stuff because, and and here's the thing, because if you live in this state of fear all the time, you're not going to be able to have the joy, the love, the laughter that you truly desire. Don't don't get me wrong. Hey, we can laugh and we can put on a a pretty face. Done it many a times. And yet, do you really feel that down inside of you? 
Like, mm. do you really feel that joy? I mean, they, I, I believe for myself where I am in, in life right now, there are honestly periods of time when I am just like, I'm in my place. I am joyful. I, I get up almost every morning going, I'm excited about what's ahead. Because I get to transform marriages around the world. I the, the one family, you know, just drives me to do more. My wife, who I love dearly, she and I are usually on the same page now. I mean, there is no worry if I walk into the kitchen that she's going to spin on her heels and come at me or anything. I mean, so really, when you're going through this, there, there's going to be breakthrough in you first to allow your marriage to explode. Mm-hmm. And there are just times when we have to be doing stuff with our spouse to have that happen. There are times when we need to just look at ourselves to make it happen. And, and here's the thing about fear is that it's often rooted in lies, right? Fear are, are these these half-truths and untruths that we've given so much energy to that, that it's a lie that's become real. And so you need to, you actually attack lies with the truth. True. And so you need to ask yourself, what do you need, what do you know to be true about the life that you want, about the extraordinary marriage. Mm-hmm. What, are, what is that truth, right? What do you know to be true about you as an individual, right? Like when I was dealing with the fear of, of dying young, part of my truth that I had to go back to is that, you know, people in my family haven't died young, right? Like we're talking 80s and 90s. Like where is this coming from? They're long timers. They are long timers, you know. Thank goodness, Um, because that was a truth that I could combat against myself. The next question, what do you know to be true about your spouse? Right. One of the things that I knew to be true as we were stepping into that season of becoming parents is that Tony, as a provider, was going to set us up to to be able to if I died young, you know, the life insurance, all of this kind of stuff like we combated the truth or the lies of what if and how would my kids be taken care of and what would happen to them with the truth of saying, we're going to put systems in place, right? So truth to combat the lie that everything would fall apart, mm-hmm. right? That's how, you know, what do you know to be true about your spouse and who are they and how are they going to show up in the marriage? And, and here's a big question, you know, as, as you're looking at this fear and you're combating, you know, lies and truth or the truth with lies is that you have to acknowledge not just what the fear is, but what is it costing you? Because when you're only looking at the past or you're only looking at the future, your fears are costing you a lot. Mm-hmm. They're costing you intimacy with your spouse. They're costing you joy in the present. They're costing you physical ailments, mm-hmm. right? What is holding onto this costing you and be real. And, and the fear of co- uh, th- what is the fear costing you? In all honesty, we've done shows on stress. Mm-hmm. Fear increases your stress. I mean, we've heard it from many, many people that they've gone into the hospital. No, what's wrong? Have no clue. It, it's stress-induced. It's fear-induced. No doctor's going to fix you because your body is pretty darn amazing mm-hmm. and it's trying to save itself from you. It, it's, it's amazing how God created us. So when you look at that cost, there is a physical cost. There's an emotional cost. Um, that is happening for you and your spouse. And, and as you look at the cost, you also need to look at the benefit of what it would be like to be free of that fear, which means you need to talk to your to your head and you need to talk to your heart of what it, what it would be like. You need to envision that. You need to put it on paper so that you can see it. And then you need to look at what you can control and what you need to release. 
because some of the aspects of your fear, you can actually control and influence. And some of them you need to let go. I, I don't know, you know, with my fear of dying young, when that was so present, I don't know how many days I have on this earth. I can't control that. So I needed to release it. What I could control was, do we have our trust documents set up? Can I choose to make myself healthy? Can I do those things? Doing both of those, identifying what I can control or influence and what I can release. That's what you need to ask yourself. And, And then ultimately start feeding the truth in your life. Start feeding the faith, start feeding your hope and stop giving all of that territory to the lies. It's time to break free and release yourself from the fear so that you can have the joy and confidence in your marriage. Yeah. Wow. All right. So we, we, t- we touched on a tough topic and this isn't going to poof, go away in an instant. And there are going to be times when you are riding high and then there will be times just like I shared recently, we're walking into a hospital room of a buddy of mine. Fear can cripple you. And yet, here's the thing. If you know it, you know how to begin to address it, see it, combat it, and grow from it. Right? That's what we're about here. We're about growing. You growing in this area where you can say, I'm taking back my life. I am going to insert hope. I'm going to insert faith even though I don't see it right now, this is where I'm heading. And you guys can do it. Start with yourself, get your spouse on board, share this with them. Go through those questions again. Go back, get those down in your journal. Go through those again, so that way you can share them openly and honestly and transparently with your spouse and you can have the extraordinary marriage you desire. We love you guys, we're excited for what's ahead. We're breaking fear and we're living in faith. We love you guys and we can't see can't wait to get to you or see you next week or hear you next week. I don't know what we're going to do next week. We love you we're guys. We're going to be here next week. We love you guys. <laughs>